and welcome to Trucking Answers. It's the podcast that other podcasts listen to to decide what they are going to talk about. I'm here with Gracie, my very orange co-host. She is currently sleeping, but she could interject at any time. And on this unabridged version, we'll have some trucking news, some automotive news, and yet another reason why we do not live on Mars. Do you know we don't live on Mars? Because there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot, moronic people on this planet that take away all of our money and we can't get there because we have to provide them with life-staining food while they are in the pokey. So today, uh, let's talk about a little bit of a thing that I had, which is the CNG truck. Okay, so I had the opportunity to drive one of our CNG trucks. We have a few of them because green, you know, and I want to give you some numbers. I thought it would be interesting to do some numbers on them and let all the green folks who think green is the greatest thing ever tell me about how great CNG is and no emissions and all that kind of stuff. So our trucks are older because I don't even know if they make them anymore. But uh, so it's a 15 Freightliner. Cascadia 10-speed manual although most of ours are 10-speed automatics the ones that I've seen this one happened to be a manual and I thought you know what let's see let's see so I filled it up before I left okay and so let's get to the numbers right here in my never nicotine stained fingers so I drove the truck 62.4 miles okay and then I filled it up when I came back so it took 22.4 gallons equivalent on the pump. That's right. That gives me 2.79 miles per gallon. Now, that's pretty awesome. The thing is, uh, the CNG on the pump, at least, was 325 only a gallon. So you're like, oh, well, you know, you're saving money at 325. Well, well, let's see. That was $72.80 is the cost of that. So there you go. So what would be the deal for diesel? The diesel at that pump was 534. So you'd get 13.63 gallons for the same amount of money. At just six miles to the gallon, you're looking at 81 miles. I was only able to go 62.4 miles on this green, wonderful green energy that the truck was using. So if you got better than six, seven, right, you could be 100 or so, maybe even double the miles of this CNG truck. Plus, they drive terribly, okay? And the thing is, Freightliner is so cheap, they didn't even change any of the switches. It still shows a Jake brake switch and all that. Come on. Okay, so they're so cheap because they make so few of them, I assume, because nobody likes them. And that's why they always sit around here, too. Nobody wants to drive them. So the other part of this, and that was about a third of a tank on that truck, too. So it looked like that truck is going to have a range in the two to 250 miles or so before it has to be filled up. You know, before you're empty, and you can't really let that thing run empty anywhere. Now, you don't have DEF, so you have that as a benefit, I suppose. These CNG, though, we know that it doesn't hardly have the energy content of diesel per volume, so that's why it has to use so much more of it. And this was an 11 liter Cummins in this thing, all right, at 300 horsepower and 1150 torques. So, to say it was slow, uh, I mean, there are pickup trucks that are in that kind of power range. Uh, certainly more horsepower and the same kind of torques. It's ridiculously slow pulling a load 
it's uh, I can't imagine how slow the automatics would be. They would be even worse. It's super loud for the people that say um, they're quieter because I've seen these videos, right? Oh well, you know, CNG, it's quiet or what? It's a uh, what? It, what was a video that they uh, that I saw about it? And they said, oh, you know, it's just like driving a Cadillac. I saw that. I'm like, mm, I don't think so. I don't think people have driven a Cadillac in a while. Then it is not quieter. It was not anything. It's loud in there because CNG trucks have to run at a higher RPM to get down the road. Okay, they want them running 1700 or so, 1800 on the road, and that's what it's geared to do at speed. And it's loud. Okay, it is loud. You have these gigantic tanks, and uh, it's just bouncy. And Freightliner's so cheap, they don't change anything. Other than the buttons, I guess. The cab, uh, the switches are all the same. The little fuel gauge says, you know, compressed natural gas only. Like you could, like there'd be any way, other way to fill it up. Oh, by the way, it takes a while to fill it up. Put that 22 gallons in there, took me about 13 minutes. So, uh, I, a full tank, probably, you know, way longer than that. So, that took a while, too. And you're just holding people up while you're fueling. I was not impressed at all. I think they're garbage. They're not ready for this kind of use. Maybe in a car, that might be one thing, if you could get some power out of it. But, uh, you know, the thing's only got 55 more horsepower than my Escape. Okay, so think about that. <laughs> so, I thought that was quite quite ridiculous besides the loudness and okay so it has uh you know clean emissions okay you are spending way more money to get it down the road and that's the reason that companies don't use them okay how many of these do you see on the road hardly any maybe garbage trucks or school buses or something that come back every day but for practical purposes now this was a day cab and i don't know if you could put bigger tanks in it I, you know i don't have any idea about that but for a day cab to have a 200 and some mile range is quite ridiculous. So I can imagine that just to get a thousand miles, five times the size. Oh, I weighed it too. Okay. So I scaled the day cab coming back. Uh, I scaled it with no trailer. 19,080 pounds. Okay. This is a day cab. All right. So uh, that's something to consider too. Why? Because all the CNG stuff, the high pressure tanks and that have to be super thick. And there's a lot of work that goes into putting all this thing together. And that would give you, you know, this truck certainly under 300 miles, probably in the mid 200 mile range based on the gauge. I'd have to drive it to, you know, down to see, you know, how accurate everything is. But which I don't plan to do again if I don't have to. So that's the story. Uh, if you've ever been wondering, which most people haven't, but I'm putting it out there anyways, on what a CNG truck would do for your life. I suppose eventually if you put enough of on the road, there'd be more CNG fueling because, look, there's no fueling either in the area. The only fueling, you know, there's there's little fueling. There's one at Fair Oaks because they um, they run it there. They produce the the poo there. Right, uh, Lafayette's fueling. There's fueling in Frankfort, Indiana, and then the next one is Indianapolis. And going north out of Fair Oaks, the next one is in Chicago, southern uh, Chicago, somewhere from what I understand. So there's not like convenient fueling. Running out on the road, I don't know. I suppose there's a truck that could come and fill you up. I suppose. I mean, if uh, people have it at their house or whatever, I suppose you could do it. Never tried it, and uh, don't plan on trying it again. So those are some interesting numbers from CNG Cascadia Day Cab. Horrible, slow, 
and uh, not recommended at this time. So peat can uh, just stuff all that stuff at the moment. Diesel still the most efficient way to move freight around the country uh, in a way that is convenient and easy to access, efficient and time tested. You know, over a hundred, way over a hundred years of technology there. So for those of you that have driver-facing cameras, which is getting to be nearly everybody now because all companies are turning to crap, uh, here's some rules that the FMCSA just made permanent. So these will be permanent rules. They can be a change later, but they're permanent right now. Your camera has to be mounted in a certain way, and companies can't violate this. So, And if they do, <laughs> go in and tell them. I've had cameras moved, and I've helped other drivers get cameras moved because they are mounted in a way that is not legal. Okay, so here's what it is. The rule it can increases the distance from the top of the windshield to 8.5 inches. So it cannot be mounted. The bottom of the camera can be no lower than 8.5 inches from the top of the windshield. In addition, okay, they cannot be mounted more than seven inches above the bottom edge of the area swept by the wipers. Okay, so the top of the camera can be no higher than seven inches above the lower edge of where the wipers sweep. But now listen to this this is the most important one. They are still required to remain outside the driver's sight lines to the road highway signs and signals okay so if it blocks your view it's not allowed they can't just stick it in the middle of the windshield because the lines uh you know because the measurements they still can't block your view of the road do not let them block your view of the road also the ant anything else like antennas uh, you know gps transponders anything else vehicle safety technology okay they, those things have to be mounted outside the area swept by the windshield wipers. Okay, so the only thing that can be within these other measurements is the camera unit itself. Anything else, the wire that has to travel straight up and off the windshield, okay, or straight down, depending if it's at the bottom, and out of the windshield and be out of the area swept by the wipers. It's as simple as that. So if you have... a camera which or a uh, antenna which i've seen some of these just stuck on the windshield they can't do that it has to be out of the area swept by the wipers and if i was you had to buy bigger wipers for my truck <laughs> so they're sweeping more of the glass and make the company uh, make the company move this stuff because it's not allowed okay this they can't block your view and some things cannot be in the swept area of the wipers so if they're doing it be sure to write to them put this in writing that it is not compliant with fmcsa guidelines and i expect it moved before the truck is driven okay don't stand for this garbage they shouldn't have these cameras anyways decent companies don't use them at all and they shouldn't be driver facing and they should be up way out of the way really so uh when they're trying to put it right in the center they're trying to watch more than they need to watch there have been some ab5 protests going on in california some of the ports are blocked and uh, interestingly in the longshoreman's contract if they don't feel safe coming in the port they don't have to come in and they can't the company can't do anything to them and a lot of the people haven't been coming in which is pretty good 
Now, what you communists in California have done is set up free speech zones where people can protest in these zones. And I just wanted to tell all you communists and any other idiot out there that the whole country is a free speech zone. Okay, there aren't zones where there's free speech and then other zones where there isn't. It's the entire country is a free speech zone. All right. That's how it works. You don't get to set up a special place. So and I love it. Right. You want to if you want to get something changed, this is how you do it. You just don't go in. And because there's so few owner operators relative to the amount of people that are drivers in the country, the only way they're going to change anything is to have to not let anybody else in the ports. Because if they just didn't go, there's plenty of company drivers that take over. If every Look, let's be honest. If every owner-operator dropped off the face of the planet right now, there's plenty of people to move freight around. And actually what would happen is companies would be able to increase their rates and probably increase pay to encourage people to become company drivers that had previously been drivers. So part of the reason that the rates for company drivers are not higher is because there's owner operators to take freight away from company jobs. So if anything, they're suppressing wages of company drivers slightly, at least by taking freight that a company would otherwise be able to compete for. So, but taking, but just dropping out owner operators are like just a few percent of the population of drivers in reality, uh, compared to the number of total trucks that uh, you know commercial class eight trucks that there are okay that's just the straight numbers they're just not enough people there just aren't enough so the only way they're going to do this is blockade but the only other thing out there you know there's no free speech free speech zones out there all right every zone is a free speech zone let's get that right and so people have the right to say whatever they want any place they want basically in the United States, and I would encourage people to be outside those zones, get arrested, and uh, let the state fight that out in court. I always love hypocrisy in government, and so in Minnesota, Minnesota, they are granting a emergency relief order for transportation of fuels, diesel, gasoline, and stuff until August 14th, which could be extended. Because there's a some kind of problem at a refinery and uh, capacities are low, blah, 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 whatever. Now, except, you know, all I hear, oh, high gas prices, nobody can drive. Well, apparently everybody's driving everywhere anyways. So drivers get relieved of logbook, that kind of thing, f- till, until August 14th. Well, you know, if it's unsafe to drive, then it's unsafe to drive even if it's an emergency. It's still unsafe. And if anybody's unsafe... You don't want somebody crashing that's got a tanker full of gasoline, of all things. So this is why we know that the current rules that are in place certainly don't make the roads any safer. Now, should there be just an unlimited amount of hours of drive? No, because I always, always say companies will just push that to the limit. So there needs to be some way for a driver to push back against that. You know, by saying, look, I can't drive anymore. There's a limit on how long I can drive. But. For a governor to just say, oh, well, <clears throat> you know, a state to say, say oh, no, we, we just can't do that because it's just unsafe unless we really need something. And then it's OK to drive as much as you want. No, no, I just hate that kind of stuff. It's either safe or it isn't safe. All right. So if it's OK and, I, you know, now that we've had some of these orders in place for a long time, I'd like to see are the accident rates up on people that are driving farther, you know, that are driving more to their schedule or not. So. I wish they would do some kind of study. I'm sure they're not going to because that would prove that the government is wrong as usual.
But here we go again. So another state, you know, where we can just get fuel and deliver it. No problem. Log as much as you want, which will help some people's paychecks, I guess. If they're running. Can you imagine a hundred hour week at uh, $30 an hour? That'd be pretty impressive. $30 an hour plus overtime for 100 hours would be $3,900. That'd be a nice week. And I say and I say that because that's how much I see pilot paying to start out fuel delivery drivers in Indianapolis. And you get more if you have more experience. You can start as high as $34 an hour and uh, work into even more money there. So 30 bucks an hour would be a pretty nice paycheck to have for a few weeks. Well, a little housekeeping, as they say now. So when I give people an update, I don't know when. The next podcast will come out exactly. There'll be more podcasts and videos, of course. That doesn't go where they're doing more schedule changes at work. Kind of aggravating, uh, to believe me. Um, when I when I went over there a few months ago, right, everything was a uh, hunky dory, as they say, and we were getting basically you could get as many hours as you wanted. That was always the problem: is I couldn't increase my pay because I couldn't work uh, anymore and couldn't get a raise so you couldn't do it either way and here you were paid hourly plus overtime of course and if you want to work Saturday you can come in and stuff like that and so we were getting really good hours so you know now though you know now that everything's getting settled down and they're getting uh, everything running they're like oh you know this all this overtime is really really getting to be a drag here so they're talking about bringing another shift in and that would cut everybody to 45 hours a week and you know if you have a limit on it that's a real problem and so you know they're cutting maybe 20 15 20 hours out of some people's checks and uh, they'll be cutting some hours out of my check and I'm not uh, I'm really not liking that to be honest with you you know once you come to a place and they talk to you and I guess I should take my own advice on this which is never believe what they say but they have all this in writing what they're going to pay and everything and uh, what you can expect and then you don't get it you know it's not a contract okay so they just put this out there and they go well you know we just can't be doing that all the time so you know some people could lose 800 850 you know a week by cutting hours now what they suggest of course is that well that's not a pay cut because you're still getting the same rate and that is true but if you're offering a certain amount of work to someone and uh, at a future point, you you have less work for them to do. They make less money. That I consider that a pay cut. The same way I consider an insurance cost increase a pay cut. If you do not get a pay increase worth it, company will say, "Well, no, we pay you the same amount every week." Yes, but if your insurance goes up uh, thirty dollars a week, let's say you are out that money. So you're actually making less money in your pocket. It's just that it's. I consider it a pay cut. Okay, I do. So the company should look at all that stuff. And if they're going to do that here, you know, if we're going to roll down, you know, to basically what it was making, I'm not going to commute for that. So we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. But for now, we're expecting some more schedule changes and we'll see where that goes. But next podcast, no, I don't have a date set for that. I don't know when that will be. Just hang in there, and uh, I appreciate everybody being here, believe me. And just be subscribed to the podcast. When it comes out, it will download just like this one did today. Now, Ford and GM have petitioned the federal government to allow them to deploy 2,500 vehicles per year, I guess, that would just continue to add up, on roads that do not have any driver controls in them. 
Okay, that what Ford is calling this is level four. I call that level five autonomy. Level four has always been mostly autonomous, that except in certain situations, a driver has to take over. Otherwise, city streets, interstates, everything, the car can completely control itself. Level five has been complete autonomy without a driver. So what they want to do is test these on the streets, and that's a part of it that I don't like. These large companies have test tracks. They even have cities built up in them, roads, pedestrians, all that kind of thing, uh, presumably fake. Let's test them there, okay? Let's not put cars on the streets when we don't have the technology to to do this yet. We shouldn't be testing them around the public, okay? That's not a good place to test this kind of stuff. Testing should be done, you know, on a private track, uh, airport. Let's buy an old airport and put them out there or something like that. I don't, I don't like the idea of having them tested on the street. And how does this car... Uh, you know, get around if uh, the stuff fails. What do you do? I guess you tow it away, I guess would be the only thing you could do to it because it doesn't have any controls in it. So there's no way for somebody to get in and drive it if it needs to be driven manually. There should be controls in the car. There should be a driver behind the wheel until this stuff is worked out. And we are a long way from working it out. So I just don't like the idea of it. Let's test them privately. And now we head off and find out why we don't live on Mars. The thing is that we have to provide money for people the other reason though is that some people are just too stupid to even be uh, anything you know we have a bunch of dumb stupid people that just do stupid things to get themselves hurt or whatever they're just idiots and uh you know so we'll get into that in a minute so here we go to tampa florida and we have someone living in a luxurious condominium not the normal place but that's okay because they have a story to tell. And this is ripped from today's headlines. I thought it quite fitting here. This rapper, okay, which is apparently a person who attempts to sing but cannot, has called out on social media. He put out on social media. What does it say? Okay. And I can't say this on here because I'll get in trouble. Isn't that interesting? That depending on who it is that uses a word, they get in trouble. Isn't that something? I thought words were the things that offensive, but apparently not. So he put out on his social media that a lot of these people, okay, know where I live. All right. I sleep in peace. If these people want to smoke me, I'm in my crib in five minutes. Okay. Now, uh, as uh, Barbara Billingsley said on airplane, right, I'll have to translate for everyone. Uh, smoking someone is to kill them. Okay, and a crib is somewhere where a place where people sleep, you know, a domicile, that kind of thing. Okay, and so uh, five minutes later, this person was killed in the parking lot of their crib, as they called it. Five minutes, not bad. I guess people people be stalking him on social media, and so <laughs> the uh, perpetrators perps were not have not caught yet but the investigators believe that the victim knew suspects yeah duh okay duh and uh, that's the problem that stupid people are stupid everywhere and the place you live does not dictate what kind of person you are all right and that's what i have always said you know people decry the government oh living in you know, subsidized housing, 
that uh, you know it breeds crime. That is in fact not true. Okay, we see that it isn't the housing that makes the people; it is the people that make the housing. So don't ever forget that. And just because someone leaves that type of housing and goes lives somewhere else and to a luxury condominium does not change who they are. Money never changes who you are. It just makes you more of what you were. This is a perfect example of that. Okay. And so this person is now dead. Um, and because they're an idiot. And actually in the article, which I think is funny, it says, here's a piece of advice. If you have enough money to get out of the hood, do it and don't look back. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. That's the idea to get out of there. And this person is stupid. And there are many stupid people like this. And that's another reason that we can't get on Mars. Because people are idiots. And they just can't leave behind whatever it is that keeps them back there. So always look out the windshield because it's bigger. The rearview mirror is tiny for a reason. And that's another reason that we don't live on Mars. So I want to thank everyone for being here until we meet again on this podcast, which I do not know when will be, but will be sooner rather than later, I hope. And there'll be other updates for you of what's going on here in the life of Trucking Answers. I wish you well and be safe and stay cool and hydrated. And we will see you on the next podcast.